You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, have I got your attention now? Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. Don't run when you lose. Don't whine when it hurts. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass, 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 brass. I'm falling, and I can't get up! All right, welcome back to Money Never Sleeps. This is the show where we touch on anything and everything that impacts the flow of money from around the corner to around the world. Now, I put a lot of thought into where we're going to start this show today, and I can't avoid talking about Greece, so uh, I guess we'll start there. And then we'll glide right into technology and some other topics that we're going to touch on uh, for this show. Uh, And also, just to let you know, uh, with Money Never Sleeps, uh, we are looking to make it into a daily show. So it's gonna, it should be interesting. It'll, it'll get busy, but it'll be interesting. Um, but I, I, I'm not gonna, for this show, I'm not gonna be talking about any individual companies, um, but more on my views on, on certain industries, uh, themselves. Now, as far as Greece, what can I say? You know, um, that hasn't been said already or hasn't been said in the past. Do I think that this was self-inflicted? Absolutely, this was self-inflicted. This was pretty much another poster child for moral hazard. You can't keep spending and spending and and taking siestas and and doing all this stuff and not building the country than expect to pay your debt. How does that work? How do you pay your debt back if you're not working towards it? If you think that you're just going to keep getting and the, this, this, the roots, the chickens are going to come to roost at some point, you know, it's like taking out credit cards. You know, you go, you spend, you spend, you spend, you got to pay the bill. At some point, you got to pay the bill. So how are you going to pay the bill if you're not um, taking any measures uh, to um, to generate the capital to do so? Okay, so, I mean, how does that work? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that the entitlement mindset that the government of Greece puts in, they, they put in place, and basically then they allowed the people to believe that it was okay, that everything was going to be fine, that we can do this and not worry about any, any repercussions. And there won't be any repercussions. Just I mean, it really just blows my mind. How do you run a country into into that type of debt knowing along the way that, as I said, that the chickens are going to come home to roost? You know, knowing that there was time, there was time to avoid this issue in the first place. There was no need for it to come to the point that it came to where banks had to be closed and people couldn't take money out of the country and they couldn't take more than 60 euros out of the ATM. You know, come on. You know, I mean, how do, how do you do that? You know, they should be, you know, they shouldn't be in office. They should be embarrassed. They should just, you know, you know, put somebody in place that can make stuff happen. And I think maybe that's what they're trying to do now. You know, I, I can't answer all these questions. And the end result is, look, they got bailed out. You know, now my only, and I guess not only my question, but the big question that has to come from a lot of people is how long will it be before the brick wall that the country faced recently will they'll face it again? If they don't change, it's like you know doing the same thing repetitively, expecting a different result. It's not going to work. 
you know, so there has to be some sort of big change in, in, uh, and, and policy. There has to be some big change in people, you know, change the government because the government's there for the people. You got to be there for the people, by the people. And if you're not doing right by the people, you shouldn't be in office. You know, it's not a communist country. You shouldn't be in office. Okay, so that's something they should actually look into. Now, uh, look, I'm not being a pessimist. I'm just being a realist with this situation. In this case, I do see history repeating itself. And it's unfortunate because, you know, it's not the government that pays the ultimate price. It's the people. The people pay the price. You know, so if you are you know, a citizen of Greece, you got to, you know, want other people in place to, you know, to, to run the country. You know, anyway, there's not much more for me to add to that. So uh, I want to move on. Uh, Cuba. Yeah. You know, with, with the doors open or being open, there, there's a big problem that's that's going to come out and it's going to come out in waves. And that is the numerous. You have so many people that had their their lives, their businesses snatched away from them and they received nothing in return. Nothing, not a dime, nothing. They were told, hey, you know what? We want this. The government came in. Hey, we want this. And that's it. See ya. Boom. That's it. Okay, they destroyed lives. They destroyed families. You know, uh, and just imagine the U.S. government swooping in and taking over a company like Ford or Apple or Google or, or Facebook with no monetary uh, consideration, just taking it and leaving the owners, shareholders dead in the water saying, hey, we're taking this. We need it. See ya. Okay, you know, well, this is what pretty much was happening in, in Cuba uh, for decades. And, again, I'm going to go back to that uh, the, the little uh, saying that the chickens have come home to roost because, you know, I'm not 100% sure how this is going to work as it's this is all a recent situation, but it looks as though, like here in, in the U.S. with the Native Americans, when they received some sort of compensation from the U.S. government for all the bad that happened, you know, or, I mean, it, it was like, you know, trying to to, uh, to have redemption, okay? And Cuba, they're trying to figure out how to do that as well because you had so many people that lost so much and you had the government that took everything, you know, so they're trying to figure that out. You know, I remember, I remember hearing stories uh, from an older friend of mine whose family fled Cuba to, and they, they got to Miami, they started a new life. Uh, they, they did and were successful. But while in Cuba, they had a thriving business and everything was taken away from them. Not everyone was as fortunate to rebuild their lives. Some people never, you know, got to make it this, this far. You know, so maybe, just maybe, someone will get it right. There's a lot of opportunity in Cuba, and if they're going to give it back to the people, then it has to start at the right point, not at the now point, at the right point. You have to make things right with people that, that lost so much. They got they had their houses taken away from them. They're every ta- everything taken away. Now you have, I, I guarantee you, you have you know now you have flights going over this. You have a lot of people going in there, trying to swoop up all the cars and trying to take advantage of the country, you know, uh, for what they've had because they've been living, you know, in the, in, in the fifties as far as with what they had for so long. Okay, and that that's a, that's a you know that's a that's a period of time. 
And now people, you know, you have people around the world that are, that are going there trying to take advantage of the country, you know, and I do hope that um, that what winds up happening is that, you know, they get it right and the people that lost so much that they get they get some some retribution, they get some redemption, they get something back. Maybe their homes, maybe, you know, their family homes because you have you have uh, children and grandchildren, you know, maybe their grandparents had property and it was taken away and the bottom line is, you know, let's tr- to try to get it back to them. Do something as opposed to all the opportunities, opportunists popping in trying to rape the country. And I'm just calling it just as I see it. Okay, and I'm sure some people may get offended by that. But you know what? Uh, It's my show and these are my feelings. This is my opinion. Okay, do right by the people. They deserve it. All right. So now um, I want to I want to go into uh, to to technology a little bit. Okay, um, it, it's, well, actually, before, before we go into technology, uh, again, I just want to, you know, and just finish up with Cuba. Again, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, and if, if they, if they do, if, and I hope they do give it back to the people so that they can uh, actually benefit from it, um, that the people do things right and get some educated people over there that have been pushed away from Cuba. You know, go back over there, try to rebuild it, make it strong, and take control of it. Don't let other people come and take over your country. Okay, uh, anyway, so now I want to go into technology. I want to share a story with you. Um, a couple of years ago, I was at an event with Corning, and uh, they were talking about their optical fiber and their life sciences pro- uh, products, as well as other topics they were touching on. I, I got to talking to one of the speakers. And that's when he showed me a video. And I urge all of you to watch this video. Go to YouTube. Uh, the, the video was, was from Corning and it showed technology in the future, uh, that we'll probably live in. So go to YouTube. I, I would check that out. And it's an amazing video. It shows you, it shows how your phone was seamless, seamlessly integrate into your kitchen, bathroom, or car with information sharing and uh, so much more. Um, you know, how a virtual dinosaur, uh, how actually virtual dinosaur safaris, you, you have your kids, they go, they go to a, uh, to a zoo and then they'll have a dinosaur a safari that would possibly, uh, teach children more efficiently. Okay. And show them because people, you know, as human beings, we're visual. So if you, if you get a visual, it's like, wow, you know, you kind of remember it a lot more than reading it. Uh, they showed the classroom of the future where every child was connected. And again, you had the visual. So they were adhering and growing and, and, and living in, in a different way, which was pretty cool. Uh, I was so impressed with it that I saved the video. And one day I was visiting a friend of mine. And anyone that has kids, especially little kids that are, you know, uh, anywhere from the ages of uh, five, well, you got two-year-olds, of course, they're going to be rambunctious. But, you know, five, seven to ten, you know, I mean, you, you have, sometimes you have kids that act up. And his son was about nine, and he was creating havoc in the house. It was brutal. My head was pounding. <laughs> um, but So I had to intervene. So I went to his son, you know, we went to the backyard, I went to him and I asked him, I said, look, if I showed you something that would show you the future, would you calm down? 
And would you watch him? Would you calm down? So he looked at me and said, okay, because I piqued his interest. You know, it's just how you, you speak to a kid. So I, 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 took, I took my, uh, my tablet and I put, I, I put the video on and I gave him the tablet. I set the video up. I pressed, I said, press play when you're ready and uh, come back to me when you're done. All right. So he goes, he sits down. I go about my business and about 30 minutes later, he came to me and he wanted to see another video. And I just asked him, I said, you know, why did you take so long to come to me? Because the video was only about, I don't know, seven minutes or so. His answer was, because I played it three times. Okay, now, there's a reason why I'm sharing this story with you. It's simple, technology. This is what our future is all about. It's not about social media, and let me go on Facebook, Twitter, and this and that. And I'm talking about true technology, robotics, biotech, 3D printing, communication, and so much more. You know, self-driving cars, this is the future. This is the stuff that, that we're looking at. And this is what's sparking the interest. of When you can take a kid that's going crazy and you throw something like this in front of them and it stops them in their tracks because they see, they, they, I mean, this is our future. So, you know, they, when, when something like that gets their attention, that got my attention. Okay, while many people are chasing down companies with the next cool app for the iPhone or Android, you know, because when you have the Snapchats and everything else, that's all social sharing, which is cool, and it helps the world connect. But that is, that is only, you know, one layer of what's to come. You have to look at the next thing, not look at what's there, that, that layer. You have to look at what's going to happen down the road. All right, and I'm telling you because I've been involved in the, in the technology and you know uh, industry, and I know like this with social media, this is just one layer. All right, the smart money is looking beyond that into real tech that will enhance our lives, save lives in some cases, and change the world that we live in. And there are companies who have developed 3D uh, printing where they could uh, not only manufacture small building materials and car parts, uh, but also human organs. I mean, th this is a big game changer in technology. And what, what you're seeing, again, now is just the tip of the iceberg with technology because, you know, more things are coming out, more things are being developed, the, the things that you haven't seen yet. And the, these companies will continue to innovate and evolve I would be very hesitant to put any limitations as to what they're going to come up with. You know, but I will say that I'm really excited to see where it goes. And, I mean, we have a lot of years. over The next 10 years is going to be, you know, incredible. It's going to be incredible. Um, you know, we'll, I, I think that at some point, if done right, you know, the cars we're driving right now are going to be, you know, antiques. Uh, because you have the self-driving cars and everything else, they're looking to implement that. They're actually they're launching it uh, today in, in in Michigan. You're gonna have a town that just have self that has self-driving cars. It's pretty cool, okay. Um, but uh, with companies like Google, Amazon, and Facebook, they're innovating behind the scenes, beyond what their core business is. You don't see it, but they're working behind the scenes because they they see exactly what I see. 
They're all jockeying for the next step forward in technology advancement, whether it's de- delivering community internet connectivity globally or producing self-driving and electric cars and things of that nature. Uh, nature. Uh, the leaders in this space are doing something that I would say is so smart, so smart. Okay, they're looking towards the future. They're looking what uh, what's going to happen in the next five to ten years. You can't look at what is going to happen today and the next year. Any smart any smart businessman knows you have to look what's going to happen in the next five ten years. Are you prepared for that? Okay, with publicly traded companies, you know people you know gauge it quarter by quarter as far as their revenue and and their earnings, everything else. You know. But that CEO, that CFO, the people that are running that company should not be working quarter to quarter. And you know, if they look, they're they're looking at their quarter now. That's something that they should have been looking at, you know, two years ago, three years ago. Okay, if they're just looking at it now, then there's something wrong there. Okay, so forward looking, forward looking you know, CEOs, CFOs. That's that's definitely uh, that that's these are the smart people that make things happen. And uh, you know, as I said, they're looking down the line, and they're they're acquiring. They're not trying to create the technology themselves, but they're acquiring companies that have something special that could either be integrated into their core business or be used as a standalone situation with the possibility of integration into other areas as other technology advances. Because they're looking at what's going to happen down the road. You know, they don't, you don't know what's going to happen down the road. So they're, they're trying to create a technology that may integrate with something, uh, maybe a dream of something that may happen. So it's going to get interesting. And again, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I love technology because at the end of the day, this is the future. All right, so what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to be back with you on Money Never Sleeps And we're going to be talking about the cannabis industry and uh, a couple other things uh, that I have uh, have, have on, on my mind to go over. So just hang with us. We're going to be right back with you. Hi, everyone. John and Pete Najarian here at the NASDAQ with some news you do not want to miss. As option floor traders, CNBC contributors, and co-founders of OptionMonster.com, people always want to know our secrets for trading the options. So we wrote an entire book on it. And today, to celebrate the book launch, we're giving away a limited number of these books for free. All you have to do is cover shipping and handling. Learn how you can use options like we do to make more income with less capital. To reduce your investment risks. And to make money regardless of which way the market's moving. It's all right here in this book, and today we're giving it away to you for free. Equity options today are hailed as one of the most successful financial products to be introduced in modern times. You have to learn to profit from them. This one book could dramatically increase your investment returns. And today, it's free. So pick up that phone and call now. Call 1-800-961-1923 for your free book. That's 1-800-961-1923. Call now. This is Chef Gavin Murphy with your one-minute healthy cooking tip. For all my fellow fitness freaks out there, eating lean, high-protein meats like chicken, turkey, or even pork loin is part of our everyday diet. I get asked all the time, how do I make chicken breast juicy and not dry and overcooked? This is how. Season the breast with salt and pepper and sear in a drizzle of olive oil in a hot pan until golden on both sides. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees and place the breasts on a foiled oven tray. Pour one cup of chicken broth on the tray and pop it in the oven for six to seven minutes. 
What's going to happen is the broth will create steam in the oven while the chicken is cooking and add moisture to the meat. And that's my secret. Also, very important, guys, once you take the chicken out of the oven, let it rest for three to four minutes, and this will also keep all the juices in the breast. For more tips and information on me, go to my site, gavinmurphy.com. Welcome back to Money Never Sleeps, and we talked about Greece, Cuba, and tech, and now I want to talk about the cannabis industry and some real estate. Uh, the cannabis industry is just at a starting point, and it has legs to grow for some time. Unlike, you know, commodities such as gold, silver, things like that, uh, cannabis can just grow and grow. Literally, <laughs> they can grow and grow. Uh, and unlike traditional crops, the growers have perfected over the decades, because it was illegal, they perfected over the decades how to grow in a controlled environment, which doesn't make it subject to weather conditions and, and so on and so forth. Okay, so that's, that's, part, that's a big thing. Because if you can grow this stuff in a, in a controlled environment, you can grow it year-round. And that's the key for them and that's why this growth is just you know that's part of the reason why this growth is just you know uh, starting uh there's a lot of opposition to the legalization of cannabis but you know let's learn from history well let's try to do that when they passed the volstead act in the 1920s uh you know what what you had this made the sale or consumption of alcohol illegal now what this did was made Billions and billions of dollars for criminals, yes. And that's until a light bulb came on and, and you know, some smart people, you know, started looking into this. You know, so when that light bulb came on from the federal government and they, they said, they must, somebody must have said, hey, you know, we're making, you know, a criminal empire wealthy and we could be taking that money in. So some smart people repealed it and slapped a hefty federal tax on alcohol. Something, let's give an example, something that costs two bucks to make. You know, they were probably adding the same in taxes. So pre pretty profitable for this country, no question about it. Now, with, with cannabis, it, it makes as much sense to legalize it, tax it, and regulate it, just as alcohol or cigarettes. And look, you might as well, because regardless... Money is being made elsewhere. If you're not regulating it, it's being made elsewhere, and that's the, that's the law of the land. That's what happens. You know, there's, there's a you know supply and demand. People want it. If people want it, and they're going to get it one way or another, so why not uh, why not make it where the government has you know can can have more control of this, regulate it, and have more funds for education and job creation from the taxation of this industry. And that's and that's the reality of it. Okay, you know, I've yet to see a study that had any findings whatsoever that the use of cannabis was taking more lives than the use of cigarettes. Yeah, I see the commercials all the time with cigarettes. People, you know, losing fingers, losing this, losing that, cancer. You know, they have these things, you know, um, uh, you know, they they losing, you know, I mean, they lose their lives. They have all this stuff going on. I mean, these commercials are getting really graphic now. You have people with lost limbs, so on and so forth. And I, I've seen more people in jail uh, because of cannabis than cigarettes. <laughs> 
you know so you know really you know how how bad could this be as far as it being profitable for the United States okay um as far i mean as far as dangerous concerned you know cigarettes are a lot more dangerous cigarettes and alcohol kill more people than than cannabis period the end and if there's a study out there that shows something different please bring it forward because i haven't seen it okay so i look i i do expect a ton of opportunity to come in uh this arena over the next few years as it's just stretching out you know th- this this industry hasn't even warmed up yet you know it's it's because this is all new and with the legalization of it and how the, the how the nation is changing you know we just uh they just passed a law that same sex marriage is legal okay so you have an open mind to more things and now when you have the next uh the next wave of politicians coming into the office you know the possibility of more change for the better could be in place okay you know again you know cannabis you know weeds weed what are you going to do but if there's a way to regulate it as much as you can, as opposed to it being a free reign situation right now, people selling it on a, on a street corner, things of that nature, you know, at least the government can make some money on it and you will take a lot of money out of the hands of criminals in that respect. So again, I look for a lot of growth in that area. And, and, and at, at the Falcon Global Acquisitions, what we've been doing uh, because our views on, on the cannabis industry is such that we see this growing by leaps and bounds. And what we're doing, we're working with legal cannabis companies to assist them in a number of areas, such as growth via acquisition and organically. No pun intended, but, you know, companies you know do grow organically. Um, and with real estate acquisitions and strategy, you know, helping them to um, to, to acquire the properties they need. Uh, and if they needed to uh, to leverage that, you know, with uh, with loans and so on and so forth, we help them with that, and with strategy, how, how to how to make it work to the best of their uh, for their best interests, and banking initiatives, to, and that that's to name a few, you know, because a lot of cannabis um, companies they have an issue with banking, and we we come up with solutions for them. Uh, we found the need in the industry for this service, and we do work very closely with our clients to ensure the most positive results possible. We work with both pub- publicly traded and privately held companies. We work in the capacity of, cons- of a consultant and work hand-in-hand with all of our clients developing a long-term strategy and a long-term and profitable relationship. So for those companies interested in learning more, please visit falconglobalacquisitions.com and contact us to see how we can be an asset to your continued growth. Now, let me uh, let me close out the show with uh, gold. I've been involved in the physical gold trade, physical gold acquisition for many years. I mean, I travel the world uh, acquiring gold for clients. And gold hitting a five-year low right about now, honestly, I, I really don't think it is bottomed out yet. You know, gold has always been a safe haven when geopolitical madness, you know, was in flow and people were confused like the stuff that's going on in Greece and so on and so forth. But if you notice, with all that stuff that was going on there, you know, it hasn't been talked about 
but I guarantee you a lot of people were kind of like flowing to to the use of Bitcoin and, and so on and so forth to actually get their money moving around. Um, but with how things are today, the perception of the value of gold, in my opinion, will begin to dwindle as a luxury item and will be more used in, com in computer technology. And again, this is my opinion. This is what I see just from my, my experience in, in the gold trade, the physical gold trade, not trading options, but the physical gold trade. Not too many people can say that they actually, they, they actually went out there uh, and actually went and, and acquired uh, physical commodities for clients. Um, so that's this is just my view on it. And uh, anyway, that's about it for this edition of Money Never Sleeps. And again, we're going to try to make this into a daily show. Uh, so make sure to visit us at moneyneversleepsradio.com for all our episodes. And join us, and I, I thank you for joining us today, but join us next show as we're going to tackle various topics across various industries. And if you have any suggestions for guests uh, to come on, uh, companies to, to spotlight, you know, feel free to reach out to us. And we're going to begin to put a spotlight on specific companies. And we're going to try to bring on a few CEOs, CFOs, and other power players to shed some light on things and shed some light on the industries and the companies and so on and so forth. Okay, again, thank you for joining, joining us today on Money Never Sleeps. And we'll be back with you uh, next time on, on the show. And, we're going to, again, we're going to be tackling various topics. So, uh, you know, get involved in the conversation and give us some suggestions. We're open to it. Uh, thank you and have a great trading day. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.